0: In Psalms 90 verse 12, the Bible states, Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Time management is a skill that God cares about, and this is demonstrated from the very beginning of creation. In seven days, God accomplished his tasks logically and progressively, crowning his completed creation with a period of time in which to rest. Because God created time and blessed it, one could say that time management is next to godliness. However, with the busy lives that so many of us live, it can be a challenge to know how to fit everything into the time that is available to us. In this episode, Amy Ritsara joins Shauna Chung and I in a conversation about time and how each of us can make the most of it. As a wife, mother, and practicing lawyer, Amy is no stranger to stress, time constraints, and responsibility. Join us as Amy shares personal insights during the GYC conference in Phoenix in 2017.
1: Well, thank you, Amy, for being here. You're
0: welcome. My first question.
1: So you're a mom, you're a pastor's wife, you're a lawyer, you're just everything, everything. How in the world do you do it all and still stay sane?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think that's one of the things about time management. It's never really anything that you achieve. It's a life skill that you continue to develop throughout the course of your entire life. And so, yes, we obviously have had a big life change for us this year. Our son was born about uh, five months ago, and um, it's definitely changed things. So in terms of time, I took three full months off of work when he was first born. And so that was a different commitment, Um, but I did decide to go back to work full time. And in doing that, you have to learn how to do things like delegate. And so, you know, we were very conscientious. We prayed a lot to find the right kind of care for our child. We didn't just want to send him to a large daycare center, though we know sometimes that's the only thing that's available for some people. But for us we thought that there might be a different option that would be more appropriate. So um, we now have a nanny that we share with another family and she watches after our son while the two of us are at work. One day a week, Moise will watch him and then I watch him the two days of the weekend. And so that helps a lot. But the other thing I do is I just really believe in setting defined times for completing different tasks. Mm -hmm. So when I'm at work, I do my best to, unless if an emergency happens, I'm focusing on work. So I get there at 8, between 8 and 8.30. I'm there till 5 o'clock, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later. And I am focused on doing my work. And I want to do my best to not have to bring anything home with me. And so while I'm at work, I'm at work. But once I get home, when I'm with my son, I'm with my son until it's bedtime for him. And then once he's in bed and my husband's finally home, we can just spend some time with each other and talk Mm -hmm. and catch up with each other on each other's day. Mm -hmm. So you know, those were skills I had started to develop early on in my life learning to give defined times for accomplishing defined tasks and that's what we're starting to put into practice but you know we're still mastering it my husband travels a lot with his ministry and um, just a couple of weeks ago in fact he was traveling overseas and he was gone for about a week and so it was just me and the baby when I was not at work and thank goodness I had the help of the nanny that week but while I was able to semi keep the house clean and and keep the baby alive and and everything else that we needed to do things like cooking dinner fell by the wayside so we I ended up eating a lot more takeout than I usually do that week but you know sometimes you really don't have the time to do it all but having in terms of specifically our current season of life having a good support system a supportive spouse a really helpful nanny and just that understanding between each other and then a dedication to accomplish things in their own time has been what's been making it work so far
0: mm-hmm. you pointed out something really interesting how you know it doesn't always work exactly the way you want it to do so what is time management mean to you? Does it mean that you can get every single task accomplished or is it something a bit broader? Yeah. I think that time
2: management, again, on the one hand, it's a life skill, but two, it's really about how do you live your values? Time management is about living life. A lot of people, a lot of times people like to say, I'm too busy, but really that's just trying to cop out of the responsibility we can take for choosing how we use our own time. You talk about the ultimate equalizer. Each of us are given 24 hours a day. So, yes, you know, I don't want to downplay the fact that some people are in circumstances where they have to devote their time to things that they may not then in the end have enough time for leisure or even for doing things for self-improvement to get into a different station of life. So I don't want to be insensitive to that, but really we all have 24 hours that we can work with. And so it's that decision of how do I spend that time is really how I think of time management. And there's many different ways you can approach it, but I think the most effective is taking a look at what is my life mission? What's my life purpose? What are the values that guide that? And when I say mission and values, I mean lowercase m and Mm -hmm. lowercase v, not like the mission of the church Mm -hmm. Or the mission of this organization or like the values, like the 10 commandments. But you know, what are, what is my mission? Why why do I think I've been put here on this earth? And what are my values that guide that? Mm -hmm. And when I've been able to really hone in on those things, that really helps me dedicate or dictate how I spend my time. Like, okay, I want to spend my time on improving my leadership skills. I want to spend time with my family. I want to spend time, you know, improving my mind. And you know what? Maybe I don't have time to join like a roller derby club or something like that. (laughs) You know, that's just like, it doesn't line with where my life is going right Right. now. You know, someone else that might be completely consistent with where it is, but that's how, you know, those values help me dictate where to put those boundaries on time. Mm
1: -hmm. Before we jump to the mission aspect and like the capital M mission, Uh maybe we can just continue to explore the personal aspect of everything. And I think what people are naturally prone to is procrastination. (laughs) Uh, Is there a time and a place for procrastination? I mean, is is there such a thing as like healthy or necessary procrastination? (laughs) Kind of, I
2: think so. Um, But I think we just need to maybe think about procrastination a little differently. And again, how we just manage that time differently. So um, the first thing I would do is why am I, I would ask myself, why am I feeling inclined to procrastinate, right? Right now and kind of take a step back and get a bigger picture view. Am I burned out with everything that's going on? Am I stressed? Is this something that even I need to be doing or it could be delegated to somebody else? And I think if you can first kind of address that underlying issue, it can help prevent this desire to procrastinate in the mm-hmm. future. But then the other thing is, as different projects and tasks and responsibilities come up in life, sitting down, thinking and evaluating, how much time does it, accomplish, does it take for me to accomplish this thing? Mm-hmm. And is there a deadline I need to accomplish it by? Once I've been able to identify those two things, I then put it in my calendar. I'm going to start working on it on this day, and I'm going to do it then in this amount of time, so it's done in time for the deadline. When I do it that way, it's not really procrastination anymore. It's being proactive about making sure that you're getting things done. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, giving yourself something that it's sacred—that's like well, sacred's a strong word, but it's like a meeting. You know, like it's in my calendar. That's when I'm going to get this thing done. I really think that it helps, and so mm-hmm. it helps get away from that mental. Burnout that leads to procrastination or that sense of being overwhelmed that leads to burnout because it's in its specific place in my calendar to make sure that things get done. Okay. So yes, I think that if you are feeling burned out, there might be a place for procrastination, but be proactive about it, mm-hmm. about figuring out how to one make it less in the future, but then two having specific times to get things done rather than putting it off, putting it off being like, Oh my goodness, that thing is due tomorrow and it's right. not done.
0: Proactive procrastination. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so what I hear you saying is that in instead of procrastinating like blindly, Mm -hmm. you choose a date and choose a time when you're going to allow yourself space so that you can then do it by focusing fully on it without everything else distracting you.
2: Absolutely. That's a great summary.
0: Right. So is there like a one size fits all model for time management or is this something that like everyone just has to do time management exactly the same way?
2: Yeah. I don't think people need to do things exactly the same way, but I think there's some tools that could be really helpful to people if they're willing to give them a try. Mm -hmm. The one I'm personally a fan of is doing a time audit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so what you do, um, there's an author, her name is Laura Vanderkam, and she's written several different books. Some I like better than others. The two that I liked are called What Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast. Mm -hmm. And the other one is 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think. So she she advocates two things. One is a time log, and she says to do it in half hour blocks, but you could also do it in 15 minute blocks. Mm -hmm and you just kind of take an audit of how do you spend all of your time in a day for a week. And then you can start to see, man, I was on Facebook for like 45 minutes, three days. I could probably manage my time better there and have more time to read that book I've been trying to read. Or looking to say like, man, my commute takes so long, you know, maybe I could be listening to an audiobook at that time to be able to make better use of my time and, and different things like that. So you know, it's most people like, oh, that's tedious. Write down everything that you do. But you get so many insights. It's kind of, you know, when someone's struggling with their weight and they tell them to write a food diary, Mm -hmm. you really see where your calories are coming from. In the same way, when you do this, you see where your time is going. Mm -hmm. The other thing she advocates is instead of trying to figure out what to do in a day or that it's only 24 hours, rather that you look at your time in the chunk of a week. Mm -hmm. And that's when you think of it that, man, I have a lot more time than I think because not many times can I get everything done on my to-do list in a day. But if I think about what I need to get done in a week, that's where you start to see the more pockets mm-hmm. of times. Oh, yeah, I could squeeze in a workout there, or I could spend a little bit more time, you know, with my son here because I don't have to be at work as early that day. And so just broadening that that perspective. And a seventh day Adventist, I think that makes a lot of sense because we talk about the Sabbath. We know mm-hmm. the Sabbath commandment says six days you should labor, and then the seventh day is the day for rest. Right. So even that commandment is a guide to us on how to keep our time like you think about the six days and then that seventh day is the day when you can step back you can take that rest
1: Mm -hmm. so i really like the fact that we're talking about models and different things and we're focusing on the personal aspect but i guess the question that we haven't really addressed yet is why do this at all you know why time manage at all
2: Yeah. yeah in the spirit of prophecy we are told that the time is the talent that we will be most strictly held accountable for. So that's in oh. Christ Object Lessons, the chapter on talents. I want to say it's page 340 or somewhere around there, 430. Uh-huh. I might be mixing the numbers up, but it's in that chapter and that we are held very strictly responsible for, for the way that we use our time. You look at Ecclesiastes chapter three, and it says how there's a time for everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And towards the, well, I don't remember if it's towards the end. I think it's verse 16. It talks about the fact that we'll all be called into judgment to mm-hmm. see if we used our time in the time that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so time is life. You know, it's It really is. It's the currency of life. And um, you may not have a lot of money. You may not have a lot of other things, but again, we have those 24 hours, and um, we're going to be held responsible for how we use those. And I don't mean that in a scary way, and I don't want that to sound legalistic. But even if you didn't believe in God, even if you don't believe in an end time judgment or the soon coming of Jesus, your 24 hours a day is still your life, and and how do you want to use it? And by managing it, you can get so much more life into the time that we do have. Yeah. And so I think that it is something important, kind of no matter what walk of life you are in, if you want to live an abundant. In life and a full life. Managing your time is something that's important. Now, the one caveat I would add to that is for people who are believers in James chapter four, it talks about the fact that, you know, oh, here's the person who says tomorrow we're going to go to such and such city and be for, there for a year and buy or sell. And you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will go and do this. And then Proverbs 16, nine talks about the fact that a man makes many plans, but God directs his steps. So for the Christian time management, It's a cooperation with God. It's a submission to his will and where he might be directing us. Mm -hmm. But there is a proactive part in us in making that decision that I want to use my time wisely, but God will teach us. Psalm 96, I want to say it is. No, 9012 says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's encouraging for us. God can teach us how to manage our time. Mm -hmm. And in the process, we're going to learn to be more wise.
0: (laughs) I guess the question that I have, you know, like as a person, I like time for reflection. Mm-hmm. I like time to be relaxed. Does having good time management we can just fit so many more things in, does that mean that you're just going to be completely stressed out with like all these tasks?
2: No, I, I honestly think that if you're a person who gets into time management, you end up being more relaxed and more chill. Like, <laughs> And especially the more you practice at it, the more it becomes second nature. Like I talked about doing the time audit and I've talked about, I don't know if I've talked about some of these other things yet, but there's different tricks that you can do to start to learn your time uh-huh. um, or how to manage your time. Um, I guess I talked about having those designated times to make sure you get everything done. I used to be very intentional about writing a time log regularly and about writing down in my calendar, this is the time I'm going to do this and this is going to do the the time I'm going to do that. I really only do that now when I have something new come up in life. So um, I recently got a new assignment at work that changed my schedule a little bit. So I sat down and mapped out, okay, I'm going to get these tasks done on these days every week and these tasks done... But I don't do that all the time anymore. When I was a student, I did it at the beginning of every semester, but not necessarily every day. It's, it starts to become second nature in being able to take that over. So that takes some of the stress away. Mm-hmm. I think that the more you focus on time, it doesn't. And there is time for reflection. There's time mm-hmm. for rest. That's a very important thing. So when you look at even the creation account, Genesis chapter one, you'd be shocked. It's kind of a lesson in time management. So you, know, you have days one, two, and three. God is kind of setting the outline for the earth. He creates light and he creates darkness and he separates them and then the sky and the earth and separates them and the land and the water and separates them. And then he starts to fill these things. So he had to get those first three things done before he could move on to the next three. And then he adds the stars and the moon and the sun. He adds birds and fish and then he adds animals and, and mankind. At the end of every day, he said that this was good, except for at the end of the sixth day, he says this was very good. So God managed his time in breaking the task into six different days and making sure that he did it in an order that made sense so that things were ready for the animals to live in or for the stars to hang in and all these different places. And he took the time at the end of each day to look and see what was it that I had done? How did this go? And he was able to say that it was good. So he made an evaluation of it also. And I think that's really fitting. For us, you know, at the end of every day, um, you know, just looking where did that time go? Even if I didn't keep a formal log, how did it go? And can I say about what I did today, it was good or even it was very good?
1: Mm hmm. So after we've kind of developed these models of time management for ourselves, when we apply that to ministry, Mm -hmm. because I know ministry can be all-consuming, how how do those two things relate?
2: Yeah, so that's a fantastic question. I think that at the end of the day, again, talking about um, how we're going to be held accountable, the use of our time should be for bringing glory to God and for bringing other people to Him. Now that said when we're talking about time management in ministry some people might be tempted to say I need to learn to manage my time so I can have more room for ministry. And yes there might be more there might be an argument for that that's true you should be spending maybe more time involved in your local church or things like that. But for a person who maybe is not a full-time minister, not a Bible worker, not a pastor, not a teacher in a a Christian school or something like that, I think we need to broaden our idea of what ministry is as well. And God calls us all to many different things, many different walks of life, but we're called to be ministers and missionaries in each of those areas as well. And so I still think time management has a place in that as well. Yes, be involved with your local church, make time for that, but also make time to make sure you're learning how to be excellent at that thing God has has called you to do and look for the opportunities to minister there. Mm-hmm. And so yes, I, I absolutely think that it's important, but you know, that could get us all off into a completely different <laughs> topic as well. That, you know, ministry is something that's I think so much more broad than what we often give the definition or what people often think.
0: Mm-hmm. So we've like we talked about you know like a model of time measurement in the Bible being in Genesis, and mm-hmm. we also talked about how that's important for your ministry. What are some very practical models that you can use just to apply those ideas into your life?
2: Sure. So we talked a little bit about doing time audits. I think that's a great starting point for people to take a look. Another thing, again, it's just a tool. I don't personally use this, but some of my friends do. They have ditched the day planner, but they've also ditched the phone, the calendar on <laughs> the phone. What they do is they have um, like a moleskin journal. You don't have to buy the moleskins, those can be expensive. But they have, you know, that kind of journal. And they do what's called bullet journaling. There's a website, I think it's bullet journal.com. And it's just a system to help you look at how to organize your time and assign tasks. So you start with a blank book and you reassign it and and it it just really helps you get a big picture look at your time. I like the idea of it. I tried it once. It didn't work for me, but it's worked for some friends of mine very well. Mm -hmm. And so definitely one thing, other people, they just really like their old school planners and you know writing things down and, and seeing how things go there. I alluded to this, but one thing I like to do when I'm trying to structure my time. I believed in that. Looking at a week even before I read the book, about 168 hours. But I believe in it even more now. So I'll go on the calendar on my Apple computer at work. We have Outlook. I'll print out <laughs> just a week calendar and kind of cross out the date. I just want to think of this as a an average week. And of course, no week is going to be an average week. But I just want to think of it in that way and look at the time that I have for each of those days and block out. Okay, so I work as a lawyer, so I have court on Tuesdays afternoons and Wednesday mornings. Mornings, even when I'm not in trial, so I have to block those times out. And I have a meeting every Friday afternoon, so I have to block that time out. And in order to be ready for Wednesday, I have to review these reports, and I get those on Friday afternoon. I'm usually gone by the time they're in my mailbox, so I'm going to read them on Monday mornings. And I just, you know, think through my my average week in that way and block those times off. So any given Monday, I know, okay, I need to read those reports. And if it happens to be that my judge is out of town, then fantastic. That's extra time for me to start preparing for. My my next trial that may be coming up. You know, I can use that time in a different way, but I've dedicated that time for something. You know, my mom is one of these very, very cleanly people and that's a fantastic (laughs) thing. Cleanliness is next to godliness, Mm -hmm. but I also think timeliness is next to godliness. And she always used to say a place for everything and everything in its place. And my motto when it comes to time management is a time for everything and everything in its time. And it's just brings so much relief to your mind to know like, oh, it's Wednesday. I don't need to worry about the reports I have to read next Monday because I can worry about that on Monday. Mm -hmm. I'm done with everything I need to do for Wednesday. Great. Let's go for a walk. You know, like let let me use that time somewhere else now that I can have some relaxation or some time to reflect. Mm.
1: This has been so great. I feel like I've learned so much. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's And again...
2: I just really want to encourage anyone who feels like, man, I don't know if I'm using my time well. It's kind of like anything that you want to improve on. I think, again, take that time to just reflect, how am I using my time? Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, just say, what little improvements can I make? Everyone can develop their own system. um, But at the end of the day, just thinking about how do I want to live my life, that's the thing Mm -hmm. that should be guiding the way that we manage our time. We can live full lives. We can squeeze a lot in, and it can all be for the glory of God. And, um, and he will guide us into doing, being able to do many things and he'll help us multiply that time. Uh I mean, not really the time, but you'll learn to be efficient and just to be able to do so much. And so it's, it's, I, I think it's exciting, but Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, (laughs) yeah. definitely. Just in closing, just like one more question. How do you know, like. We talked a lot about putting things into your life. Yeah. How do you know when to say no?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's a fantastic question. Um, It's something I'm not always great about, but I'm getting better. Um, It's interesting, going back to the food analogy, they say you should eat until you're like 80% full Uh and then stopping there because you're going to get more full once everything starts digesting. Time is kind of like that as well. And if you look at the Sabbath commandment, again, six days you should do your labor, and the seventh day is the Sabbath. Um, Six sevenths is about 85%.
0: Mm.
2: And so I think that that's a fitting model that, in general, you should just look at your plate and say, can I keep it at about 85% because... Emergencies come up, like work goes late, your kid gets sick, um, you know, school <laughs> professor drops an extra paper on you, or something. Those extra fifteen percent gets filled in pretty easy. And so I think that one saying, "Am I am I already at eighty five percent?" If so, I should probably start saying no to everything. But the other thing is kind of what I was saying before, talking about what's my current mission or purpose. I remember when I was in a gap year between university and going to law school, that I really felt. That my purpose was, I was a missionary on a secular university campus, and I thought that I was there to help the student leaders learn how to be leaders and how to develop them and and help them grow for the future. And I was a a Bible, basically doing Bible work as well. So, you know, as I sat down and thought about my mission statement for that year, I don't remember off the top of my head, but you know, I defined these values. I want to leave behind a legacy. I was at the university I'd gone to as a college student. I want to give Bible studies. You know, I want to help train for leadership. And I think I had one more thing on that thing. So those were kind of like my four big values for that year. And I just looked at everything I threw in my calendar. Did it hit one of those areas? So like, no, it's not really going to help anybody develop as a leader. It's really not, you know, doing Bible study with anyone. Um, you know, it's nothing about legacy. It's it's not fitting in any of these. No, I have to say no to that for this year. It doesn't mean no forever, you know, but it's no. And so, you know, now that life is a little bit different, um, I'm having to find new areas to say no, but I'm committed <laughs> to, you know, serving on the boards for two nonprofits. And I have this job, I have my family and really anything outside of that, you know, extracurricularly, if I can call it that, I've been learning to say no, because again, 85% is a lot and, and life can continue to be abundant and mm-hmm. spill over. So I think just really identifying again, what's the life I want to live. And even if it's a good thing, something someone asking you to do, you know, if it doesn't fit with that, that life that you see yourself, that God is calling you to, right now, is directing your steps towards right now, it's okay to say no. And it can be hard and people mm-hmm. can be upset, but you have to have that self-confidence that, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord's directing me otherwise for now and I'll be praying for you. And another way to that saying no is easier is if you can also maybe refer them to someone else. Like, you know, uh-huh. I really can't help with that anymore, but my friend Shauna, you know, she's actually <laughs> brilliant with this thing. So, you know, and she might be more than willing to help you. I think she may even have some extra time on her. No. <laughs> so, <Okay.
1: laughs> and, yeah. thank you so much you're welcome i think you've given so many practical tools that are Mm -hmm. applicable across a range of experiences and so (laughs) i hope listeners will just take things and plug it into their own lives and well was my pleasure thank you for sharing your time with me
0: Much appreciation to Amy Ratsara for taking part in this conversation. I hope that you were able to draw ideas from these practical principles that can be a blessing in whatever you seek to accomplish.